This week, Parashas Vayetze tells us how Yaakov Avinu ran away from Esav into the house of Lavan, and how he married Rachel and Leah, and how he had all the Shvatim, until his eventual departure from the house of Lavan. That's the whole parasha. The, 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 it, it encompasses Yaakov's time at Lavan's house. And almost all the Shvatim, with the exception of Binyamin, are born in this week's parasha. And by the end of the parasha, Ruvain, who is the oldest of the Shvatim, is about 13 or 14. We don't know the exact ages, but that's around what he would have been at that point, 13 or 14. Now, sometime before this, when Ruvain was likely about 8 or 9, uh, the Torah tells us that he went out into the field during the time of wheat harvest, and he found dudaim, which according to Rashi are uh, jasmine, kind of flower, and according to others it's mandrake root, it's a, diff- a different thing. And um, he brought it back to his mother Leah, and Rachel desired those flowers. And we know the story that she uh, kind of sold Yaakov Avinu for those flowers, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> and it seems that those flowers were a segula to have children, and that's why Rachel wanted them. But I want to focus on one thing that Rashi says there. It's really an astounding thing, a little forgotten Rashi over there. Rashi says that, and, and it's what's fascinating about it, is that it's the only reference in this whole parasha that we have about the Shvatan themselves, the, what the nature, what they were like, their tzitkis. Rashi says that this fact that Reuben went out, be made in the days of the harvest of wheat and found these flowers, Rashi says, This is teaching us the praise of the Shvatim. It was during the time of harvest, meaning to say the fields were full of wheat, so they could have grabbed any wheat or barley. They didn't stick out their hand to steal and take wheat or barley. They took something which is hefker, which was ownerless, or no one cared about. They not a makbid by their person typically wouldn't care. So the Torah is telling you praise for Reuven and by default all the Shvatim that they didn't steal. They went out into the field, they took something, even though there was plenty to take, the fields were full, they took something which was hefker, they knew the person you're not makbid on, which are flowers. And this is it. This is the only reference in the whole parish that tells us anything about what the Shvatim were like. And truthfully, uh, what we know about the Shvatim in the following parishes is what they did. But here's the Hagat Shvatim. We want to tell you a praise about it. We want to praise the Shvatim. Now you think about it for a second. The one praise the Shvatim get is that they didn't steal. <laughs> now, it was, Reuben wasn't three years old. He was eight or nine, right? So we would hope that our eight or nine-year-olds know enough not to take something that's not theirs, right? They're walking into someone else's backyard. They won't pick off the oranges from his tree without permission. That is the great praise of the Shvatim. The only praise the Torah gives us over here of the Shvatim is the that they didn't steal. So Rabbi Ruchem Levavitz, it's all the Mir Mashgiach and Das Torah, and he has a piece, it's a Dvarim actually, where he discusses the obligation every Jew has to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mahu Af'ata, you have an obligation to emulate the ways of Hashem. And there's a whole Sefer Tehmer Devaira, which really is dedicated to explaining how you do that, how you emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Tehmer Devaira explains that Tzalem Aleichem, this that we have at Tzalem Aleichem, means that we have the ability to be similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That enables us to, ident- to, to, to resemble HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he quotes the Nefesh HaChaim. The Nefesh HaChaim adds that Talmud HaKim means that we can identify with HaKadosh Baruch Hu ma, which means we can slightly have a similarity to We can have a slight similarity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we can accomplish, a slight similarity. Now, Rabbi Rucham explains that even though it's slight, it's not trivial. Because in this slight similarity is the to- all the greatness of the Avis. 
That's how they became, who they became, the tremendous people that they became, was through that slight similarity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All of Torah and Mitzvahs is all through that little similarity that we can have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is what we can become. That's the greatness we can achieve all through that aspect of our Talmud And he says, he writes that any thinking person, he says any person that has any hergish, he says this alone is enough to elevate a person in his mind above the whole world, and he, every moment that we should be thinking is what I'm doing, uh, is that appropriate for a Talmud Is that something which resembles a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Is that something that a Kaddish Baruch Hu would do, so to speak? And he says there's no measurement or limit to this slight similarity. Any tiny deed that we do, any tiny action, any mitzvah that we do, no matter how small, if it reflects our similarity, if we're trying to emulate a Kaddish Baruch Hu, by doing that, it brings tremendous Kedusha into a person's soul. It brings the Shechina down into this world. That's what he writes. And then he quotes this Rashi. He says, he quotes this Rashi, the Torah is telling us the praise of the Shvatim, they didn't go out and steal when the fields were full of barley and they took something that's Hefker. And he asks the same question, he says, that's the praise, they didn't steal? This is the godless of Shivtei Ka, that they didn't steal? And he says, no. That's exactly what the Torah is trying to tell us. Don't think the Shvatim became who they were through fasting, self-deprivation, and precious. He says, no, that's not how they became the Shvatim. They became the Shvatim through their Zahirus, their cure in small things, like not stealing. He says, that's why the Torah makes a whole parade, and I'm quoting him. He says, well, so the Torah makes a whole parade of the fact that the Shvatim didn't steal. It's possible to become Shiftei Ka simply through true dedication to honesty. Now, this is a very powerful principle, and it's a testament to the holiness of Torah Mitzvahs, that to make us similar to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and being honest and refraining from stealing is something that the Gemara says, actually, that almost nobody is successful at. It's very difficult to be truly, truly honest and have true Zahiris. It's very hard to be clean. And whatever it was that Reuven could have taken, wheat or barley, undoubtedly was something that he could have justified halachically, and likely something we probably would have justified. Uh, but he was trained, not to touch, Lloyd Pashtu Yadamigazel. He was trained not to touch something that's not his. So he simply couldn't do it. He couldn't come remotely close to anything which would resemble stealing. And if a person re- achieves Shlemus, perfection in this meter, Ibrahim explains, he has achieved similarity with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. He has elevated his Tal Malikim. And that's exactly how the Shvatim became who they became. So I was, when I was learning this, I remembered many, many years ago, and it was, I was in Yeshiva. Uh, in, in, in Riverdale, and there was uh, a bacher who was about five years older than me. His name was Maishi, and he was he was the best bacher in yeshiva by far. He was exceptional in every way in learning, in midas, in humility, in avodas Hashem. Really, an exceptional person. And the Rosh Hashiva wanted him to marry his daughter, and in the end, he ended up marrying one of the Rebbeim's daughters. Um, in any case, it was one off Shabbos, and my friend spent time with. The, with Moshe and he had a brother named David who wasn't in the yeshiva with us. I got to know him later. Also a very, very exceptional person. So friend, this friend of mine was spending Shabbos with the two of them in Muncie and they were walking on Shabbos in Muncie and they needed to get somewhere and my friend pointed out, oh, you know, there's a shortcut through this guy's backyard. Uh, it'll save us about 10 minutes. You know, Muncie, you, you go out of the way. It could be a very, very long trek. So it'll save us 10 minutes. So immediately they said, uh, who said you were allowed to walk through this guy's backyard? Does he let? So my friend said, well, I don't know. Everybody does it. <laughs> and they weren't buying it. They said, oh, so what? I mean, this is someone else's property. You can't just walk. You have to know that it's allowed. So there was someone else there. And the other person says, I know that they allow it. 
So then they said, well, you're only one person. This is a financial matter. You need testimony of two people. You need to, uh, to aid them. Now, I don't know if they were correct about that, but this is what, was, this is what they were talking about. This is what they, were, what, what they were wondering. Can we trust you? So in the end, after they discussed it for a little while, they went and uh, knocked on the door and they asked permission. And only then did they go walk through the backyard. And I remember this made a, a very big impression on me. I mean, this is real Zahirus from stealing. This is what it means to be careful not to do something that you aren't 100% sure is allowed, is honest. Um, and this is people, two Bacharim from our generation, they were exceptional people, but they were, you know, they were regular Bacharim. And when you read about what kind of Zahiris from stealing Rabbi Yisrael Salanter had, and the Chafetz Chaim had, and he had his daughter and his children go through every single page of every single Chafetz Chaim that he sold, every hundreds of Swarami sold, he didn't, would not sell unless it was checked, page by page, hundreds of pages. We can start seeing that how working on one quality, achieving perfection and shlemus, even in just not stealing, can achieve that similarity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and elevate a person to tremendous heights. And what struck me, and that's in rela- relation to the topic of Chinuch that we're talking about, is that the truth is, the whole rest of the parasha talks about Yaakov Avinu. That's really all it talks about. Yaakov Avinu's honesty and Yaakov Avinu's integrity. That's basically what the whole parasha is coming to teach us. So much so that Yaakov Avinu gives a speech to Laban in the end of the parasha, and he says how he did way above and beyond what any other shepherd would do. He stayed up at night, he froze, he stayed up by day, he, he burnt in the heat. If anything died, he paid it up from his own pocket. And uh, he gives this whole speech when he was saying, "Why? How? what right do you have to accuse me of stealing from you? And the Rambam quotes this whole speech, and as an introduction to what it means to be a Jew. A Jew is honest, and this is the kind of honesty a Jew has. He quotes the speech of Yaakov Avinu. So I think it makes a lot of sense when the Torah is giving praise to the Shvatim. The one praise we say is undoubtedly the thing that they learned at home, that they learned from Yaakov Avinu, that they learned from the way he led his life, the thing that he dedicated his perfection to. That was in their blood, and they could not touch something which would possibly involve a question of stealing. Have a good night and a good Shabbos.